Brooklyn. Welcome to Look at My Records, everyone. Beautiful fall, November, Saturday. Hope everyone's having a wonderful day. Kicked off the show with a new single from Pinky called Funny Boy. Pinky, she's playing the Look at My Records podcast 100th episode celebration, which will be happening at Pet Shop in my hometown of Jersey City, New Jersey. On December 12th, 
Pinky will be playing. Q will also be playing. 50 Foot Furies and Shred Flintstone. Hope to see everybody there. But in more current events, I'm here today with the wonderful drug couple, Miles and Becca. How are you guys doing today? We're all right. Not bad. A little tired. Tired? Long week? Release week? Yeah. How'd the release show go on Monday? It was awesome. It was perfect. We hadn't played um, the Broadway before, so it's a great venue. We had a blast. My like best friend, Nicola Falls of Atlas Engine, played that show. How'd yeah. it go? It was wonderful. It was great. One of, our, one of our favorite shows. Good, man. And your new EP, Little Hits, is out today. Take me back a little bit to how this project started. I know, Miles, you were, I guess, <coughs> producing or engineering a project of... Becca's former band in 2015, and you guys hit it off on a personal level first or musical level first? Tell me. Really hard to separate the two, to be honest. It kind of. I, I would say musical level first. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh. okay. Oh. No, because I mean, <laughs> at what in retrospect was our was our first date? I was. T- I had just. You had done demos. And I wanted to have a meeting and get into the lyrics. Mm. And I was very much, I think I told you that I had an art crush on you. You did tell me that. I was very into the songs. (laughs) And I was just, I was very, like, I originally been hired to record the record. And then I kind of heard what they were trying to do. And I was like, I'm actually going to devote extra time to this and produce it. And that was kind of, I'm also getting closer here. so we, I think it was, it was musical first. Yeah, but also, I mean, I guess to that I would say we started working together, and yeah, we were really, we really got into the musical end of it. But we also just we hit it off working together. We loved, you know, we loved hanging out. We loved working on stuff, and we were working on music. But we were also getting to know each other. So, yeah, you know. So did you guys work on different projects before Drug Couple? Because that was about four or five years ago, and this is your debut EP that's just coming out. What was the evolution of your creative uh, partnership from then until now? Well, I had, a, I had a whole previous career as a solo artist back in like 2008, 2009, 2008 to 2010. And then um, I had kind of been trying to figure out what I wanted to do in the aftermath of that. And I had been pinging around and I ended up working as an engineer and a producer which was something I kind of unexpectedly fell into. And then uh, Rosebud was the name of the band. That was Becca's first band. And they, her creative partner in that band was an old neighbor of mine who resurfaced as uh, my weed dealer <laughs> <laughs> or weed delivery person. He just showed up one one day and started with weed. With yeah. showed weed up with weed to the studio, the studio and then started trying to coerce me into recording his band. Yeah, and he came by and played some demos at one point that kind of sounded like kind of like my bloody bound. I was like, I hear what you're trying to do. I can help you. I yeah. can make this sound better. I get I get it. But it did not feature her demos at all. that I wasn't on. <laughs> she was not on at all. So I didn't actually hear her until she came into the studio. They started doing demos, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit! Like, the, this is she's awesome. These songs are really good." So, 
working together in the studio is kind of this thing where I think it originally started as like a mentorship because I was like, hey, you're a songwriter. Like you're in the band reminded me of bands I had like been around when I was younger. Yeah. You know, a bunch of dudes grinding it out in Bushwick and Williamsburg, just like trying to play as many shows as possible. Yeah. And there's a little bit of stuff like maybe not, you know, affording her respect and stuff. And yeah, I, I wasn't taken the most seriously as like, you know, yeah. a songwriter and an artist. You know, I was definitely like, there's she's various, the singer. Various and that's, toxic yeah. dynamics. And I was like, he was like, yeah, everyone's really liking our band more now. I'm like, it's because you have a really good singer. And yeah. like, your guitar sketches are like turning into songs now. Yeah. And so, like, Cardin, the process of us making that record was me trying to instill this idea in Becca that she was actually a really talented songwriter, which yeah. she is and was. And in that old project, it definitely, like, I had, I had sat down and written songs, um, you know, over the years, but I still never really considered myself to be a songwriter. And then, you know, I started working with Miles, and he was like, no, you're really, you're really good at this. You can really do this. And then sort of working together with him and then I started flexing that muscle a lot more and writing more on my own and then we and we started collaborating so in terms of like in between now and then I was in that band we tried he we tried to make it work tried to make the band work it didn't work and we were like well we have this great thing going and this great collaboration I, I going why don't you quit that band like, and uh right. you know start a band with me <laughs> I mean to be fair there is a like a degree of displacement of the rest of that band at a certain point I as producer installed Becca as creative chief creative architect of the band and just kind of it became a project that we were working on more than we were working on with the rest of the band partially due to some interpersonal dynamics that were not going great for them <laughs> so we just kind of tripped out and it, and it was great it was the thing where we always agreed on everything we always mm -hmm. wanted to do the same thing and any idea I had back was like that's exactly what I was hearing and so like and she'd be like I'm thinking this I'm like that's a brilliant idea so it was like this weird mind meldy thing. Yeah. And then after, even before that band totally fell apart, we started playing together. Yeah. And I guess I would also say that like, you know, you asked about, I think sort of like the intervening time, right? Cause that was four years ago and this is our debut EP. We have a, written a lot of songs. We've recorded a lot of songs. We've been working on this, like before putting this out, like, you know, it's been, it was done for a while we've been playing shows for a while so it's our debut ep but we've been doing this project yeah. exclusively for it also started years. as like a 16 track album called choose your own apocalypse that we made that was about like falling in love at the end of the world and it was like we had this one song called 2027 and about like after the end of the world and it was gonna be our first single and that was like four years ago <laughs> and like we i play have played one solo artist show in the past like four years and actually we were opening for my friend's chairlift, and cool. Becca played with me. And so we started debuting the drug couple songs then, even though we didn't really have a band yet. We were like writing these songs already, and we mm -hmm. played a few of them at that show. And like, yeah, that, that was sort of the genesis of it. You know, like, and you know, it was to be fair, like a kind of like cliched trope, but I was like, when I was 17, 18, I moved to the city and, and uh, my, one of my first shows was at Fat Cat Billiards and I had this song <laughs> about wanting, like being in love with Kim Deal. And I was like... <laughs> She's dreaming. Yeah. And when I met <laughs> Becca, weirdly enough, it turned out that she lived in the West Village, very close to Fat yeah, very Cat Billiards. Yeah. Same street. And as she had a bass Cat. guitar that didn't work. And I was like, I'm going to fix your bass guitar. And I'm like, we're going to start playing music together. Yeah. And, oh, my, and my life is all just going to come full circle. And yeah. Like, 
and I wasn't really playing. I wasn't really playing bass yet. I had a bass that I had picked up at a yard sale and just been sitting in my apartment that I bedazzled with a bunch of. It didn't work. Jewels. It, it needed the nine volt. I didn't even say it, it didn't work. It just I didn't play it. And I would I played guitar like you know if I was trying to work on writing stuff I would kind of fool around on guitar. I'm not a you know great guitar player. I know how to do basic stuff, but. Um, yeah, and then when we started working together, Miles was like, yeah, we, we can start our own band. And he was like, but you have to play bass. You're like, you have to learn yeah, to play bass. you can't just sing. I was like, we're going to... Yeah, you got to do I it. I also so. done the things when I was younger where I'd have four-piece bands, five-piece yeah. bands, and you try and take them on tour, and it's like expensive, yeah. it's exhausting, it's a lot of people to put in a van. And I had had a friend who was always like, what you need is a power trio, man, because yeah. occasionally I'd play a one-off show, and like, you know, I, I am of an age where Nirvana was the the ideal yeah. when I was a kid and um yeah so now we have a power trio and yeah. rules it's great and it's like it's and then it was cool too because it also got me started writing on bass yeah. like now I 90% of the songs I write start on bass and like I don't know it's cool thanks Miles <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. It's great fun. great story great origin story I'm a big fan of the new EP Little Hits and really diving into it what I really like about it is you guys channel your own distinct sound by touching on a lot of different classic indie rock influences. Before the show started, I was saying I could hear the Yola Tango. You guys mentioned Dinosaur Jr. in a recent interview. I could even hear um, things that were really popular on college rock radio in the late, late 80s, like Miracle Legion and stuff like that, yeah. and also Paisley Underground, uh, Dream Syndicate, stuff like say, that yeah, as you well. I was the Dream, yeah. Dream Syndicate as a potential. Yeah, so but. tell me a little yeah. bit about what you guys are thinking when you're writing these songs and stuff like that. You're able to kind of combine a lot of different influences into a short EP to kind of give your own distinct sound like this. Well, I think it, it's changed over time. Our, our writing process continues to evolve. And the stuff on this, like, so again, going back to my past where I had a, a solo artist, and like, the idea was that I was this super, like, the narrative was formerly homeless drug addict, makes record with Grizzly Bear, and it's the most authentic thing you've ever heard. And he's like, he's like Bob Dylan, he wears clown shirts and probably ra rides railroad trains. But like, I went to film school at NYU, I'm like, I love records, I have, I have a broader set of references, so yeah. I just feel like... I, I disconnected from that, and what I've always wanted was to have a band where I can utilize those production skills and that knowledge yeah. and make the music that sounds like the things that I love and hear, hear in my head and is inspired by stuff. So I think we're trying to be more straightforward now about the thing. Like, this is us doing this, but we write lots of our songs just with a bass and acoustic guitar. Mm -hmm. So at that point, they're just a, a canvas. Yeah, I would say, I mean, we write all of our songs, like, and work. Usually, you know, we're writing them and workshopping them at home together and we spend a lot of time with each song just the two of us before i mean our actually recording process was a little different for um like the collection of songs we recorded some were more studio based but yeah, we, we really try and make every song work with just the two of us on acoustic yeah. guitar and bass before bringing anything else into it because then i also i i work at a studio full time so we always have access to a studio it's what i do i feel very fluent and capable in the studio and after spending my whole life trying to get there so it's like we have the song and it's like, well, what are we going to make it sound like? It's mm -hmm. like, so it's just fun. It's like, oh, we're going to do this. Make it. We'll take this one and make it sound this way. Yeah, this yeah. That way. That's a lot of the the fun. Yeah. And it's also very draining and taxing. And 
Yeah. So <laughs> starting with acoustic guitar and bass, though, and making sure the song works in that setting, is that something you're conscious of for translating to a live setting or it just, just I feel like if it doesn't starts? work that way, then the song isn't. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't. It's not good enough. If someone yeah. can't cover it on acoustic guitar, it's not a good song. Yeah, Interesting. I think. You know? Yeah, I think it's, it might be a song that you like. And like, I, you know, I love tons of like post hardcore instrumental music and stuff. But I'm like. As a songwriter, yeah. if someone can't sit there and make a great cover of it with an acoustic guitar or a piano, then you don't really have a, a song. Yeah, and like standpoint. for us too, like it's not necessarily from a performance standpoint, but sometimes we do play shows, just the two of us. I mean, our our drummer, Pastor Greg, he's the best. We love him. Um, sometimes we play more stripped down sets, just the two of us. And like, you know, I, that shouldn't feel like something is missing. Yeah. It should just be a different vibe. Yeah. And I definitely have been in periods in my life where I would not play without my band, even though I was essentially a folk artist. And like, it's really great to know that we can do that. Like, we opened up for our friends who played with us at our record release, and they're like an amazing band. It's super intense. And we were just like, oh, we didn't have a drummer. We're like, is it okay if we do acoustic? And they're like, yeah, sure, it'll be great. And it was great because <laughs> the song, like, we're just, we feel good going up and playing the songs that way because yeah, yeah I guess, resonance. Yeah, we love, I don't know. We were, like you said, as a, as like, just from a songwriting perspective, making them work on that level, it just like feels like the right thing to do. It's how you like give them what they deserve. I think it makes us a better live act too, because like I don't need my guitar to be so loud that it's gonna like make people deaf, because it's not really the way that it works. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people do things to overcompensate when there's not, when all of the pieces aren't there. So we just I think try and make sure that all of the pieces are there. So. And then anything else is just, yeah, bonus. Bonus. I love bonuses. Let's play some of the songs from Little Hits. It's a great EP. I love You Made a Sound, the lead-off track. I love Sorry About L.A., the vibe that it has. I definitely want to play the Shania Twain cover because I feel like everyone will appreciate that. Love your take on the song as well. And then Be Into, the uh, apocalyptic Type of song is really great as well. Tell me about being too. That's that's a really great, great vibe on that track. Oh, and one thing about Sh- the Shania Twain song is we also started off largely doing covers. Is something I just remembered. Is oh, we interesting. Were, we were kind of like, let's, yeah, let's, yeah, we did. We yeah, did. yeah, we worked. On, yeah, you're right. We worked out a lot of covers first, and that's kind of like we found our sound. It's like if you can cover any song, and it's not. We're like we have a distinctive sound. All of our covers sound kind of the same, and like us. So mm-hmm. it's fun for us to run stuff through our filter. Interesting. Yeah. So we were talking before for everyone how much we love Yola Tango, a yeah. band with a really, really I didn't know you were from Jersey deep, at that point. Yeah, <laughs> really deep. I lived in Hoboken for a while. Um, deep uh, repertoire of cover songs. Is that something you kind of picked up maybe from from mm. them originally? or Totally. Also, it was just like a thing that felt good. It's like, fun. Yeah, I don't know. It was one of those things that validated the feeling of the band. It's just fun. Like, yeah. It's Playing fun. covers are fun. It is fun. There's less ego. Yeah. So much of this band has been about me divorcing ego from the music creation process, which helps having another writer and a partner who like starts things themselves. So you're not just staring in the mirror at everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Covers are a really easy way for any artist to do that. Mm-hmm. I always yeah. encourage like people in the studio, if they're having a tough time or an album's dragging. I'm like, let's do a cover today, because it'll kind of just shake things loose and and make everyone <clears throat> a little self less self conscious. I, I guess just to answer your question on being too. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like you've been asking us questions, and we're like, we're just going to tell you whatever, whatever we feel like saying. <laughs> That's um, what they teach you at major labels, the media strategy. No matter what they ask you, just stay on, stay on subject. Yeah. Um, Push the narrative. No, but being too, I mean, we wrote it. So I'm from a really small town in rural Vermont. Cool. Um, we love to go there as often as we can. It's beautiful. It's really secluded in the woods. Hope one day we hope to record an album out there, maybe make a destination recording studio. We'll have goats and then I'll make goat cheese. It's like a whole a whole dream sequence. But we um we wrote that song in my barn in Vermont where we do a lot of writing. And, you know, Miles mentioned earlier that there's like sort of a different way process for each song for how it comes together. Um, and that one was definitely one that we sort of we sat down together and you know, wrote together Which more in more that of our space. Songs are now. Now, yeah. now everything tends to get written that way. Yeah. Most ways. Yeah, most things. Um, and Your dad it, played harmonica. No, no, that was I Can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't on this EP. No. So, um, but then I guess on the, I don't know, if you want to talk about the production end of it, because that's... I don't know. It was, it was, it, I, I was saying to you, like we, when we opened it up, we started opening up sets with it because it was always our closer for a long time. And you always get your yayas out on it because it's got all the big guitar yeah, solos. Yes, we, yes. We freak it out for as long as until we feel. So if it was a weird show, it's like you play it for a while, so you just feel okay. And we're like, well, <laughs> when we start opening with it, yeah. So now I take the very long guitar solo to to open up the show. And That's I feel cool. Like super yola tango, you know. Yeah. So very cool. Stretch out on the first song, and it's just really satisfying, and it gets us moving. And it's and it's about the impossible, you know, some of the impossible things you ask someone to do in a, in a relationship. Yeah. Our songs are heavily referential of our own interpersonal and romantic relationship. So, very cool. You guys, we're about to hear four songs from Drug Couple's debut EP, Little Hits. You made a sound. Sorry about LA. Great Shania Twain cover, You're Still the One, and Beaten Two. To all my friends that have the same taste in music as me and love Yola Tango, everybody I see at Feely shows and stuff, you will be into this. So listen closely, and we'll be back.
In two, whoa. whoa! So the guy in the, the show before me told me that 
the button, even when you turn it off, you could still hear it. He wasn't lying. That's just what happened. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> we heard the next song, so there's no surprise if you were listening closely mm. what's about to come. But before we get there, guys, we rounded up that set with B and Two by Drug Couple. And if you don't like that song, we can't be friends anymore because it's an awesome song. <laughs> Top of the set, you made a sound. Sorry about LA. Great cover of You're Still the One. And again, wrapped it up with BN2 off of Drug Couple's new EP, Little Hits, available on all streaming services. Bandcamp. What's your Bandcamp address? Because there's another drug couple. Oh, we out there. know there's another drug uh, couple. And I don't like them. Oh, I don't like them either. I don't like them at all. <laughs> oh, no. I, I hate them. Um, no, our, our Bandcamp is drug couple music. Nice. Dot Bandcamp. Theirs is Classic. drug couple. And they're. I don't know, Scottish and our shows and stuff on Eventbrite have been misattributed to them and all their songs they seem are angry. called like codependent or like addiction songs. Heavy, song. yeah. They've got, they're, it's they've not got a heavy us. Vibe. <laughs> yeah. There is just a little bit more of an opiate vibe and we're a little <laughs> yeah. bit more, more. We're a little bit more, speed. yeah. We're a little more psychedelic. Yeah. <laughs> little hits, double on Prefer. Tundra, by the way. Yeah. So, you know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And it's out now on Paper Cup Music. Yep. You could get it through their website too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Spotify. Spotify you know, available keep it easy. for Go streaming. To Spotify. All streaming services as well. Sure. Thanks for sharing those awesome songs. Oh, our pleasure. Now we're gonna play some records. Yeah. Starting with Bury the Hammer by Beat Happening off of probably my favorite record by them, You Turned Me On. Best. Tiger Trap's great too on this record. Yeah, Tiger Trap's a really good song. A lot of good songs on this record. Very simple, like good songs and apparently it took them forever to make really like they had the hardest time making it because they couldn't play in time so like bury the hammer that we're about to listen to is apparently a master feat of ev- editing person who recorded the, the record said that they spent like a solid week editing it so that it's in time and sounds as like crowd like <laughs> and like propulsive as it does because like they just they couldn't play yeah <laughs> bless their hearts yeah bless them interesting <laughs> guys out there keep doing what you're doing because i'm sure there's so many bands out there that can play in time yeah you know dozens at least. do it dozens <laughs> of bands that can play in time beat happening couldn't on bury the hammer but it's a classic so good and then after beat happening we playing some dinosaur jr freak scene from bug i love bug i love it Released in the late '80s on SST Records, I think it's. I think that's my favorite. DJ yeah, record. I think I like "You're Living All Over Me." Yeah, a little more, very little bit more though. Yeah, just slightly more. Just ekes it out. Yeah, just where, ekes where it you Ben's got got a, you know, chopping woods good. Yeah, oh, they got. <laughs> they all have their great moments. I'm a big, big fan. I, we definitely have. The exact same taste in music. So I went <laughs> my freshman year at NYU, and I will readily age myself here. It was in 2000. I went to a Jay Mesa show, and he played. And what I later learned when I became friends with Grizzly Bear is that every member of that band was there as well. And we, he just had an acoustic guitar DI'd into the sound system with distortion pedals, and it sounded horrible. And it was like, <laughs> I within one month saw Steve Malcolmus and the Jicks, Frank Black and the Catholics, and Jay Mesa's solo, and I was just like, 
my dreams are dead. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everything I thought was beautiful is horrible. <laughs> and also, but like I was a pretentious 17 year old who only wanted people to play songs they had written like 15 years before, which as an artist I now realize is just absolutely, you know. It's all good. Yeah, whatever. But that sounds interesting. I've never seen Jay Mask play with an acoustic horrible. guitar. It sounded so bad. I can only imagine <laughs> him with the Marshall stacks, like stacked high, and me with like five pairs of earplugs in my ear. It's very disconcerting. All right. And after Dinosaur Jr., Bell and Sebastian, Tiger Milk. Beautiful song. Great storytelling. We mm. try and do a lot of storytelling. What in song our songs. did you pick? State, State, State of I'm in. State of I'm in. First track. Great first track. You guys are big on great first tracks. That's it, that's what that's it's all move. about, man. Drug couple and great first tracks. What a match. <laughs> what a match. Maybe we should just only release, you know, singles forever. No more albums. Because then it's just the first track and it's. Well, I like to think it's like every track should be capable of being a great first track. Yeah. And like also just a. a great music montage that's the other thing mm. anything that's a great first track also makes for a great music montage which is the highest form of yeah. songwriting yeah we've been saying for a long time that like if if one day we could write a movie and then soundtrack it with around that. ourselves a rom-com and then soundtrack it with our music that would be the highest like empire record form. style where there's only two lines of dialogue before between every musical <laughs> montage it's, just, it's like what's going on in the record store i don't know cue next track <laughs> <laughs> which is a movie that miles talked about to me for years as his favorite movie and then we finally saw it he i mean i finally watched it with him and i was like oh yeah it's all montages all like montages. there's there's hardly any like character development or plot best music video it's ever like, made beautiful montages yeah all right, here we go. Beat Happening, Dinosaur Jr. and Bell and Sebastian will be back. You're listening to Look at My Records on Radio Free Brooklyn. When they're gone and the heart is pumping cold Another burn offering in worship of the toll Paid at way stations along the lonesome road Kick the stirrup and ride an empty soul
think I'll kill you Just don't let me fuck up, will you? Cause when I need a friend, it's still you
We're coming to the end of the show, and it's been awesome hanging out with Drug Couple. Guys, you guys got a couple of shows coming up in support of the great new EP, Little Hits. Tell us about them real quick. We do. We have a show on January 10th at Union Pool. Uh, I think that's a Friday. And then we have one on the 29th of February. 29th? At, um, I don't actually know where. We don't, there's not a... 29 days in February this year? Only once every four years. Yeah, yeah. leap year, people. Leap Maybe year. I shouldn't be announcing that one yet because I don't know any of the details, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it will <laughs> happen on leap day. <laughs> Awesome. Leap with us. Excellent. <laughs> guys, the EP is awesome. Little hits. Check it out. Drug couple. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for having us. Everybody, happy Thanksgiving.